0: Hello and welcome to the C21 Podcast, your daily diet of interviews from around the TV world. My name's David Jenkinson. In this episode, Craig Genest, co-founder of Five Films, discusses how he's fighting back with a raft of new shows to replace live sports production. Frank Sinton, COO of Tenopolis USA and president of A. Smith & Co. Docs, shares his experience of having 21 editors working across a VPN to get American Ninja Warriors finished for NBC. And J.J. Johnson tells us how he's keeping sinking ship entertainment afloat in the current crisis. Sports docs have been big business for streaming platforms and could provide a vital schedule filler for sportscasters robbed of live action by lockdown. But with production shut down and athletes in isolation, how can Prodco's adapt? New York City's five films Craig Jeunesse, who produces Fox Sports' PDC Fight Camp boxing series, tells Clive Whittingham how he's boxing clever.
1: My name is Craig Genest. I'm one of the co-founders of production company Five Films. We're based out of New York City. A Few of our more recent shows include, um, we're doing all of the PBC shoulder programming for Fox Sports, uh, which is also being distributed internationally. And we are uh, working, uh, in the past we have done Chain of Command for, for Netgeo. And our kind of our genesis was with the political series uh, in 2016 uh, with Showtime's The Circus. One of the things that uh, Scott and I have—Scott is my business partner and, and co-founder. Scott and I have uh, kind of said in uh, between us is like a great thing about sports is it's cyclical. It's always happening. You know, there's a there's a new season. There's new players. There's new stories. There's people retiring and and like the dynamic is constantly changing. And especially here in the States, you know, you've got sports seasons that are overlapped. So pretty much any time of the year, you have sports programming. And sports is not the only thing that we cover, but it it is one of the areas of of story and format development where uh, we have a lot of experience and and expertise. So we could have never imagined uh, this kind of scenario you know, we thought, okay, well, maybe maybe boxing won't uh, be as popular as everybody hopes now that it's you know made available for the general public and not behind a paywall. Um, but we never anticipated just a complete shutdown like this. Um, I don't think again. I don't think anybody did. But business is business is good, and you know, we are still we're still busy. We're just not we're just not in the field doing the shows that we would normally be doing right now.
2: Did you have stuff that you were in the midst of that you had to put on the shelf?
1: Yeah. So we support Fox sports by delivering roughly 50 to 60 hours of boxing specific shoulder programming every calendar year. So um, we have a full slate going. We, and we usually know what's happening uh, as far as, fights being made and what the cards are gonna be and who we're who focusing on, about three to four months in advance. And then, as you can imagine, all of a sudden, just everything stopped because uh, because of the pandemic and um, you know all the fights were being canceled or p- postponed. So where we are right now is we're still in contact, uh, communications with the PBC and with Fox Sports and just kind of gauging the industry and, and uh, the environment for being able to bring back kind of live sports programming.
2: Have you been able to pivot to and, and have you been pitching ideas about how teams or individual sportsmen are uh, coping and training and, you know, maintaining a certain level during all of this? Is that, is that one idea that you might have been able to pursue? I don't know.
1: Yeah, we actually... Um, uh have just uh we've amassed a great uh collection of assets from all of the time that we've spent over the last year and a half with with these fighters um all very interesting unique characters with their own stories and uh but ultimately you know it gets boiled down to a 22 24 minute show and you wind up with some pretty interesting uh and compelling uh kind of different layers of narrative uh with with these fighters and their families and their trainers and people around them so what we've done is we've gone back and looked at all these assets which are you know still a year and a half is not that distant um that are still relevant and figuring out ways to do kind of best ofs so if we did you know best ofs you know title fights best of uh, you know different divisions within boxing um or also doing updates you know particularly you know, the, the there's a big uh, kind of question mark hanging over the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury rematch, which would be the third uh, and presumably the final matchup of those two. You know, there's a lot of questions about what's going to happen, and so we're we're talking about you know those kind of ideas too. Like a, I think a lot of people were have been left hanging, not knowing, particularly if speaking from the fighter's perspective. If fights that were made before the pandemic hit are still going to happen, or if they're gonna, if the cards are all going to change, um, so we've got an opportunity to keep keep the narrative going and to to give the fans something to listen to while they're kind of, uh, you know, uh, there's there's this gap or a huge loss in programming that's currently available.
2: We did hear a lot from buyers across the genres at the start of this that they thought maybe clip and archive shows might be a way to go. And in many cases, that desire seems to have waned as it's gone on. But sports is a different thing altogether because these sports nets have got literally nothing to fill 24 hours of uh, scheduling that they still need to do. And clip and archive shows do well with sports fans in a normal time. So is that a, a big focus for you at the minute? Well it's
1: part of our focus. I would say we feel like we best serve the stories or the or maybe it's better to say we really look for the stories that are happening in the moment, kind of like real life human drama. Um, certainly, there are kind of like anthology and look back pieces that can be you know very compelling and and pull out detail and information uh, kind of after the fact. um but we really strive to put the focus on you know the stories that are happening. All around us um, and um, you know so in speaking uh, uh, with with my partner about programming so there are some kind of anthology or look back ideas that might be more akin to something like a 30 for 30 um, and we've got a cut we've got a few of those pitches out it's really just kind of the timing with the buyers uh, we've also heard from our network partners that um, it seems like a lot of the major networks here in the States, their first priority was to shore up their, their, their daily studio programming, especially on the sports side, because, you know, a lot, a lot of what's on ESPN, Fox sports are the kind of like the panel shows and, you know, you've got, and, and they run at different parts throughout the day and all those, all that talent is under contract. So, and, and the studio space is, is theirs if they're using it. So the focus uh, has been on getting the panel shows and their contracted talent back on the air and kind of filling filling that gap. The next level will then be to figure out from an original programming standpoint what are we looking for, what makes sense and who can we go to to fill that need. That's where we hope to to be basically where we're developing throughout this whole period we've been developing. Uh, we actually, we also have delivered a couple of episodes um, with full, you know, remote editing and, and post-production capabilities to, uh, to some of our clients. And we're just taking this time to really just understand, trying to understand what's happening in the different areas that, that we feel we serve the story um, and just develop so that when we come out of this, or when things start to resurface, we can be ready to go. And, and there, are, there are some buyers who are listening to pitches, but the general feedback we're hearing from um, our agency is that it's, it's still not quite the right timing to do it. For us, worst case scenario, I think we're, we're already past what could be our worst case scenario. Um, our worst case scenario before was the ability to keep keep our core team employed, and we got over that hurdle. So for us, that was the most important thing, and we, we were able to do that, and so now we just look at it as, let's just keep going, and when we come out on the other end, it will be better.
0: Five films, crazy next. Frank Sinton, COO of Tinopolis USA and president of A. Smith & Co. Docs, has been able to get the Titan Games finished ahead of its debut on NBC, after the network brought its air date forward in order to give viewers a much-needed dose of high-level competition. He tells Nico Franks about how the company managed to connect 21 editors over VPN to get the show finished, and how it's balancing big productions with small affair going forwards.
3: We had a bunch of shows ready to go right before uh, everything stopped down, so it was about four shows ready to go, including American Ninja Warrior, which was about to shoot that weekend. So um, it, yeah, it, it's it been a significant blow, but fortunately we did have a bunch of shows uh, that we had completed shooting on, or at least the majority of shooting had completed on. So, um, you know, from Titan Games, uh, which obviously has been a, a mad mad rush to get it on the air in a couple of weeks from now, but um, you know, the the biggest thing for us was to be able to convert all of our post-production to uh, remote editing. Um and that allowed us to to keep very busy. Um, you know, we've had multiple shows that we're currently still in post-production on, and um very busy. And and on the other end, we've still have a couple shows that Hadn't been ready to shoot, so we've been able to do a lot of uh, pre-production work on that. Oddly, it's been very busy, if not busier than the normal days. You know, we're all doing these Zoom meetings and you know, looking at cuts and going over scripts and reviewing outlines. And um, you know, we all remark like how the days are going quicker, the weeks and months. It's just it hasn't felt. It's felt very different, but it hasn't felt like you know. There's nothing to do. There's, in
4: fact, plenty to do. So the Titan Games, um, that's uh, an NBC show um, fronted yep. by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh,
3: ironically, to replace American Ninja Warrior uh, in the schedule. Um, so yeah, it's airing May 25th, which was a lot sooner than we originally planned. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was quite an effort. Um, our post team did an incredible job basically setting up uh, and they told me the some of the technology. So uh, our own VPN, which stands for uh, Virtual Private Network. But in essence, we had to set up, not only get systems to all the editors, all the producers, showrunners, et cetera, but have them be able to share media. Because um, there's some shows that we're doing that are smaller, but we can just put the all the media on a drive and just share between like one producer and the editor. But this... We were, at last count, we were up to about 21 editors that we needed to uh, have all working on this. And um, to be able to pull that off has been incredible. But, um, you know, a tribute to it's one of these things in, in in weird times people do step up, you know? And everywhere along the line, um, people's attitudes, their spirit, their work ethic has just been incredible. And to get it done and and without sacrificing an ounce of quality, you know, um, you put so much into shooting it, you don't want anything on the on the back end to be sacrificed. And you know, we couldn't be prouder of the show that you know. Hopefully, many, many, many people will be watching very soon. Um, but yeah, it was to be able to set that up in a short period of time, work through all the technical bugs, have everybody be able to talk to each other. Um, and our partners have been great, you know, NBC Studios. Obviously, Dwayne and Seven Bucks, you know, turning things around quickly, everybody being on the same page. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's working, you know? Uh, and you never knew you could do it until you have to do it. I think for us, we're if anything, we're trying to balance the portfolio a little bit more towards things that can be done sooner because shows like Titans... They've, those are the ones that take crews of hundreds and, and cast of hundreds in big locations and traveling people. Um, but there's a lot of what we do that is using existing footage, you know, shows like Unsung um, that are small crews, interviews. So I think what we're trying to do right now is, if you will, balance the portfolio to add more shows that can be done uh, with a smaller footprint, that can be done quicker. Um, that can fulfill needs for our broadcast partners sooner Um, but not forgetting about the stuff that we the higher ticket the bigger stuff that we still do so because you know this will end life will return to normal and you know we we're still planning on planning on a very long and successful future but you know we also have to adjust to the times a little bit so we want you know, we don't want everything in our slate to be things that we can't produce until 2021 or that require big travel. So,
4: And when those things are able to be produced, how do you envisage that being different in terms of things like getting insurance? And, and there's a big conversation going on in Europe at the moment about, um, you know, who's culpable for certain costs, be yeah. it the, the broadcaster or the producer. How's that conversation going in the States?
3: Um, you yeah, know, we're having those conversations every day because, you know, as we said, we've got some shows that are in pre-production, some that have halted and we have to kind of go back and finish, but you know, it's really, um, we're, we're hearing all different things to be completely honest. You know, we had a conversation with a network a couple of days ago and they were basically saying, you know, it's going to be kind of on us to, um, deal with the insurance and take the risk. Um other networks or bigger groups um are working with us and trying to you know figure out the insurance together so uh i don't think there's a definitive one answer across the industry yet um hopefully we'll get there probably there are a couple shoots that we probably could have done just at the very beginning of this where we ultimately decided it was better to, to stop and wait you know everything is a case by case but you know the the health and safety of our employees and, you know, the crew and the cast is is always going to be at the, at the forefront of any decision we have to make. Yeah, it'd be nice if we knew the rules, if we knew when this was going to end. <laughs> everybody played by the same rules, uh, you know, we knew insurance was, this was the, everybody was getting the same
4: insurance, but
3: at least at this point,
4: um, it, there's no clear set of rules. How about... Hubbing or and production hubs is is that coming up quite a lot in conversations about future production and logic that you could go to a country that is um you know further ahead or further out of the the crisis than others and produce there yeah
3: no I feel like you've been sitting in on our meetings <laughs> you're asking all, all the right questions that we've been talking about no there is one show that um that we Eric, we were planning on shooting that now is Um, most likely going to have to work out of a hub situation and which is which would be overseas um but the challenges then come with travel and you know while it may be safer to shoot there uh what are what's the protocol for travel how many people can we send so um but yeah that is definitely part of the decision making
0: process um for us you know i'm at least one show right now that we're talking about. CEO of Tenopolis USA and President of A. Smith & Co. Docs, Frank Sinton. JJ Johnson, executive producer and co-founder of Sinking Ship Entertainment, has been busy making a fast turnaround show called Locked Down, a confinement-themed scripted series commissioned by YouTube, which was shot entirely on webcams and smartphones. He talked with Nico Franks about the challenges of producing remotely, the process of getting it commissioned, developed and shot in a matter of weeks, young audiences' appetite for lockdown-themed content and how the genre of high-end scripted programming for young people could be impacted long-term by the COVID-19 team pandemic.
4: Tell me a bit about how you've been keeping Sinking Ship afloat during all this.
5: <laughs> Good wording. I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have to say, I think we were um, fortunate that when this all happened, we had wrapped Endling season two, and we're only into maybe the first week of pre-production on the um, spin-off of Odd Squad, Osmoo. Uh, And so us at least halting production uh, was not uh, as challenging. I mean, I have the utmost sympathy for people that were mid-production or a few weeks in. I I honestly can't even imagine how you would pivot in that moment. Um, So I think within the first few weeks, I I don't know that we thought that it would necessarily go on for as long as it has. Um, And so initially, it was just about getting people uh, home and uh, safely and working, uh, particularly in the VFX department. Uh, Endlings is a live action CG blended show. So there's about, you know, 60 or 70 people working on that full time. So we were able to do that within, you know, that first week. Uh, And then it started to, uh, you know, we we turned our heads to the other departments that were uh, at risk, which included interactive and post-production. And, you know, we we operate kind of like a, a mini studio where we really rely on a shorthand with a team that has grown with us over the last two decades. Uh, And honestly, are only as strong as our team. So we were, you know, really nervous about how we were going to keep people going. Uh, And so we were able, on the interactive side, to create an initiative with TBO and the Shaw Rocket Fund, um, which is Home for School, which is a way of using our content and having uh, curriculum-based activities associated with it. So that we were working on that for the first few weeks. And then on the post-production side was really the impetus for trying to figure out what kind of productions we could create that still uh, hold to, you know, our, our production quality and the, and the kind of stories we want to tell. And that's, that really was the, the genesis of lockdown, um, was to make sure that we, you know, we were able to keep as many uh, people uh, employed as possible. While at the same time, I would say probably within like week two or three, I don't know how you were feeling, but it was, you know, that, that was that moment where I um, kind of got used to this is what it was going to be for a little while. Uh, and I just felt strange, you know, we, we pride ourselves on, um, talking to, talking up to kids and being honest with them about what's happening in the world. And with this pandemic and the ridiculousness and the bizarreness of what was happening, it felt weird that we weren't creatively responding to it. And so that was also, you know, that, that, kind of coincided with, uh, the catalyst to, to find, uh, as many jobs as we could maintain, uh, and an opportunity to speak to this, you know, traumatic event.
4: And so that's what brings us to lockdown. So that's the the show that you're working with YouTube um, on as part of the Originals um, initiative. So tell me a bit about how the process um, of getting that show off the ground uh, went.
5: I think literally on the day I was trying to think of what we could produce and how we would produce it. And I was trying to um, you know, think of a show that would uh, lean into certainly some of the feelings I was, am feeling about, you know, powerlessness and the situation that feels like it's encroaching. Uh, and so, you know, with leaning on those movies like Disturbia or Rear Window, where you've got this um, outside threat that seems to be coming closer and closer and kind of using that inspiration as an allegory for this pandemic... Uh, and just so happened to have a call set up with YouTube on a different project that same day. Uh, and so while we were doing that call, and it was so funny, because everyone's in their bedrooms or you know, laundry rooms <laughs> or finding any, any space to hide from their children. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, Nadine at YouTube was asking what else we were doing. And so I, you know, I, I just talked about that idea, uh, and they latched on very quickly, and we had a production order, I think within you know, two or three days and we're shooting three weeks after that so it all came around very quickly uh but it was exciting i think we all knew that this you know was an opportunity to speak to this moment uh, and that we were eager to move fast and so it all it aligned um fast
4: (laughs) and so the premise is it's a a group of board teens who team up um, online to solve a mystery involving one of their neighbors um so in terms of the, the script development, so that is something that obviously can happen under lockdown. Uh, were you working with a, a kind of virtual writers room or were you, were you doing it independently?
5: So we, we did, we pulled together a group of writers and did a virtual room, uh, which, was, w- which was great because I think everyone, you know, I, th- I think it was either the third or fourth week in, uh, was so excited just to talk creative Uh, and talk ideas. And I think it, you know, it was cathartic in that we were all kind of dealing with our perspectives of how this uh, uh, was affecting us. And then certainly the news stories uh, of what was happening in the world and we wanted to be influenced by that. And so it was this kind of wonderful thing where uh, you're both uh, in the writing room talking about something that's affecting us in our own lives while at the same time we're casting and we're being influenced by the cast we were selecting. Part of our uh, uh, the audition process was we just asked uh, the kids auditioning or the teens auditioning to tell us how they're passing the time, uh, and it was you know it went from super funny to heart wrenching to like it, you know it, there was so much story potential just in in these kids sharing their experiences uh, that we were we were influenced by that so it just felt like this kind of perfect collusion of creative energies both from uh responding to the cast responding to the network pitching us things that were happening in their lives i don't know it was just very um like an honest dialogue there is uh incredible behind the scenes footage of families both assisting and being annoyed <laughs> at one of their own trying to shoot a show uh as they're continuing their regular lives like i mean the the, the walk the accidental walk-bys and stuff in the background are hilarious but Uh, We were very careful to choose um, some of the cast we know very well from previous shows. Some are brand new. uh, But to get a sense of them and their families and make sure that, you know, at the outset of this production, um, we did not want this to be an extra burden for anyone. Uh, It really, you know, I I really uh, have to thank YouTube for giving us a creative outlet. Uh, and the same for our writers and the, the cast and everyone participating, that this this was not meant to make this situation any worse. Uh, and so we wanted to uh, find every strategy we could in terms of the tech side, with making sure that they didn't have to manage the media and those things can get challenging, uh, and to try to keep it, though we're dealing with a, you know tougher um, moments in the show and, and things that are happening to these characters, that uh, this is meant to be a, um, a pleasurable experience for everyone. And so uh, that, that going into that with everyone kind of uh, keeping that in the back of their minds I think has been helpful to take away some of the pressures that can come in uh, just in, in general with a TV show or any sort of production, uh, let alone when you're trying to do it in a pandemic situation. We underestimate uh, kids and teens capacity to want to talk about real things that are happening in their lives. I know there's always this fear about like adding to kids and teens anxiety. Uh, when, you know, to me anxiety can be a powerful tool for good too. If you're feeling anxious about something it makes it can um, uh, cause you to act or change things uh, to, to change that feeling. So, you know, I, I absolutely see the value of programs that are pure escapism. Uh, I also absolutely see the value of shows that are talking uh, up to this audience uh, letting them know that they're not alone and giving them some strategies through a fictional story of how to cope, uh, I think can be, uh, you know, hugely rewarding. And this is, I mean, this is a crazy time. I think these will be their own little interesting time capsules of how we got through it. But watching all the different ways that the creative community is, is, is finding um, solutions and strategies to keep going is, uh, is I think, part of what we, we're all meant to do. Uh, You know, we're adaptable in that uh, we obviously are starting to move into animation. We obviously have a, or have had a real affinity with, you know, reality style programming. That's what we started in. I miss it all the time. Um, So I think, you know, we'll pivot where necessary. I mean, we've got the additional challenge that our, uh, as the scale of our productions have grown, so has our talent pool. that really is international. We've got cast all over the world. Um, So, you know, we'll be obviously, obviously tracking this and seeing um when and how we can come back safely Um, but i think we're also open to if we need to change how how these shows look and feel in the interim you know are we making it all animated are we what what's what story potential can be mined from having to produce in this way Uh, i think we'll be uh open to that as we see other countries try to come out of this uh and you know what success that they have doing that
0: JJ Johnson, executive producer and co-founder of Sinking Ship. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share a story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV community, email us using press at c21media.net. There'll be plenty more from the podcast next week, but in the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and on social. Thanks for listening.